If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. It's time to get embarrassed with us. And am I happy to have you? It is 3 p.m. here in beautiful Bushwick, Brooklyn. And from the rec room, I sit to bring you yet another new edition of Lost and Rewound. I am privileged to provide you with sounds from our youth as a means of connecting the dots between our past and the present, as we do every week here, to learn a little bit about how we got from there to here. Every week we learn something new, and normally we have a new voice joining us with their own perspectives so that they can shed some light about their own journey. If you want to listen to any of our past episodes, we are all over the place, including Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, just to name a couple. But check out our main page, though. Uh, It includes the megaphone player, of which contains uh, all of our episodes, ready to stream right there with a click of a button. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. The majority of this episode this week will be through video conferencing means, as it was last week, but I will be joining the group this time, so no voice will be sounding clearer than the other. With any luck, we'll all sound equally clearly insane. <laughs> this week, our guest is John Reed, host of the Saturday morning show here on RFB called Race to the Bottom. And if you enjoy what you hear this hour, perhaps you might be interested in being a guest just like him. And if so, email the show or me. Either way, same thing. <laughs> Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. The world outside is still scary. <laughs> But you are listening to this show likely confined to the indoors with any luck. And so I invite you this hour to maybe laugh a little bit, escape into our little corner for a mere fraction of your already heavy rotation of series binging and virtual happy hours. I certainly thank you for including us in your escapism queue. If that is the case, escape with us, yeah? Let's begin. Don't you want to ride in my survival car? You can take a long way home through Central Park. Banshee grew the 
Power of video chat. We are now bringing you this episode of Lost and Rewound from our homes. Joining me, Rachel Teichman. Hey. We are quarantining here with Rachel coming from her home. I'm here in my home. Uh, maybe the hedgehogs will make some popcorn sounds in a little bit. Will is unfortunately not here, uh, and we are missing him dearly, but he will be back next week. Uh, but we do have a guest that is joining us, so there are our, our three voices that you will be hearing. Uh, are you excited, Rachel? I've never been more excited today. Let's get to our guest. Uh, his name is John. John Reed. And he hails from Norfolk, Virginia, currently residing in Long Island City and working as a middle school teacher. I got a speeding ticket in Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, mm. fuck. Yeah. Once upon a time, John delivered pizzas, made lots of music, and he hosted a show on Asheville FM in Asheville, North Carolina. And it was Asheville, called... North Carolina? <laughs> yes, right. I know where that is. And it was entitled Race to the Bottom, which was an hour of irreverence, music, and commentary on current events. He brought this formula. He brought this show with him all the way up up the eastern seaboard to Radio Free Brooklyn, where he has now been for a little over a year now, gracing the streaming airwaves. You can hear Race to the Bottom here now every Saturday on RFB from 10 to 11 a.m. And he's here with us virtually. Welcome to Lost and Rebound, John Reed. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's exciting. I know we've been chatting about this for months. We always see each other at meetings, and sometimes Mm -hmm. we cross paths when we were doing our pre-records and you were coming in, and uh, it's a privilege to be able to have uh, you uh, coming through, uh, even during such a strange fucking time (laughs) for everybody. Yes, yeah. Uh, Well, it's it's a good um, distraction from the panic and uh, checking Twitter and seeing the world explodes so yeah it's good to be here we we know that you are uh big into uh tea has been uh even Mm -hmm. a sort of thing that's uh followed you even from all the way from north carolina um and in solidarity we are drinking tea in fact at this very moment oh i should have i should have boiled boiled some up and had some winslow oh winslow tea winslow okay so winslow tea uh, we, before we started recording, you, you mentioned this is something that you uh, crafted up, and it's brilliant, and it comes from baseball. Uh, explain yes. a little bit about where it comes from. Well, I'm a big baseball fan, and I'm a Mets fan ever since I w- uh, got into baseball because, as you said, I'm from Norfolk, and that used to be where their um, AAA team was. So I would see the Mets play in like a scrimmage against the uh, Tidewater Tides, um, growing up and, and I was a big, big fan, but now I, you know, well, not now, but when, when the base, before the baseball season, uh, was canceled, well, not at all this year, but, you know, in previous years, I even listened to the games on the radio sometimes, which is nice. And I, you know, I obviously love radio, so it's, it's fun. And you can kind of picture the game in your head and they are sponsored as always by Bigelow tea. And I thought it was so ridiculous that <laughs> when you think about baseball, you don't think about like having a cup of hot tea, but 
they push it. They push it really hard. And so that's a very I, Mets thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I decided that uh, you know I do a lot of fake ads on my program Race to the Bottom, and so yeah. I made a, a fake ad for. Winslow tea. And I, I always uh, talk about it at the beginning of the, my show and, and say that I'm broadcasting from the Winslow tea broadcast booth. So yeah, it's a big, big thing. Did, did your, you always been a big fan of tea, even when you were uh, living in Virginia, North Carolina? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a big uh, tea fan. My dad actually grew up uh, partially in India. Um, from age five to nine and and then went back uh went as a doctor uh for a couple of years and so he was a big tea drinker and um always had his tea and i so i think i got into it that way interesting can you tell uh, us about your tea ritual um well let's see what my tea ritual i mean especially now that i'm in quarantine i basically just get up and i my coworkers laugh at me because back when when i was teaching we had in our staff room we have you know the option of we have an espresso maker and we have coffee and then we also have tea and i realized kind of halfway through the school year i said you know the cool thing about drinking tea is you can just keep drinking it all day you can have as much as you want so they always think yeah john you can have so i'll have you know four or five cups i just kind of keep cranking it uh all all day just That's amazing. Um, i'm a big caffeinated like, yeah i'm a big like irish breakfast fan or maybe earl gray uh mm-hmm. and just just have I, I have it with uh, just milk, a uh, little bit of milk, no no sweeteners, mm-hmm. and try to steep it for about five minutes. I like it strong, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just keep uh, going at it. We have a little tea kettle, you know, the the electric one, which heats it up really fast. So I just keep it coming. I find um, teacher habits fascinating. My mom is a teacher and taught middle and high school and still kind of does, um, mm-hmm. but recently retired. And her ritual, instead of drinking tea all day, she will drink um, decaf coffee mm. all day. I guess she probably used to drink uh, caffeinated coffee and then switched at some point, do you think? Before I was born, I think. Yeah. So you're teaching now, but now that you are quarantined, you are in the realm of online teaching. I am. Uh, how, how has that been uh, on the transition tip? I mean, it's it's fine. I have student. I have four classes, um, and three of my classes, the kids are just really ready to roll. Like I give them a lot of individual projects and things where they have a lot of autonomy. And that's been great. They've been uh, memorizing poems that they've written and filming them on video and uh, their performances. And they've been doing writing speeches about, we we did this banned book project and they had to write a speech about why their book was banned and whether it was justified. And they did like multiple iterations of that until they really nailed it. Those are my sixth graders. My seventh graders are writing essays. I'm having them do a bunch of drafts on and, and really get into the writing process but I have one 
group of kids who are uh, have more kind of learning differences and they've really been struggling with there a lot of them are very ADD or just have processing stuff so it's been rough for them I feel bad it's just really hard to you know you can't be there and they need that one-on-one time and that you know that help so that's been a little rough. What did your parents do growing up? Did you ever think that you would get yourself to this place where you were teaching? Uh, or was it something that uh, was kind of brought onto you earlier on? Um, well, my parents are both um, therapists, hmm. um, mental health. From the, about the time that I was like 10 or 11, I wanted to be a musician and recording artist and I wrote songs and, and things. Uh, but my plan B was always to teach English. So, so it kind of went just as planned. I did music for about 10 years after college and, and then I was just in a lot of, you know, dire straits financially and had maxed out credit cards and everything and, and just, and was delivering pizzas and, and fine. And I started getting bitter about music because I wasn't able to support myself. And I was paying all these musicians to play with me and paying for studio time and just losing, losing money uh, doing music. So uh, I made the transition to teaching and I still do music as more of a hobby now. An English teacher, an English. <laughs> How proud! What is what is <laughs> what is um the most surprising thing that a student has written in an assignment essay? Mm. Anything? Let's see. And surprising can mean anything to you. Yeah. Huh. I don't. It would be hard to say the most surprising. I mean, I have some really great writers. Um, and I'm having my seventh graders are writing uh, memoirs. And I have a girl who's who's writing a, um, a really detailed description. She's like changing the names, but she's writing a kind of, because we've been working on these memoirs the whole year. And she's kind of been writing the story of her kind of being an outsider and having falling out with friends and not fitting in and just kind of floundering socially which is just and she's a great writer and I want to help her but I'm just you know I can't really accept for helping her to write and telling her how great of a writer she is you know so that's the first thing that jumps into mind. You could help her um, not necessarily get published at this point but like get her into writing workshops outside of school, writing groups, writing anything that mm-hmm. doesn't have the pressure of school that could lead her on that path. That's um, true. Because like, it's hard not having a lot of friends. It's, it's hard being that way at that age, but to be able to fall into something like that could mm-hmm. be incredibly helpful for her. You're right. You're right. I should do that. She's so insightful about what her shortcomings as a friend are, but also how petty uh, the people around her are and how they just don't. She, she, it's, she's amazing. I think she's just wise beyond her years and, you know, kids think she's weird, which I relate to. Everybody thought I was weird and at that age, you know, okay. and it's, that's a good point. I, I have some resources that I could, I know I can uh, help her with. There's some great 
online stuff. Middle schoolers are terrible. Yeah, they can be. <laughs> is it just the weirdness or is there like a sense of a response to the way the world is that you are like, mm-hmm. I'm with you loud and clear? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the I have a lot of kids who just are good bullshit detectors bullshit from the school you know they realize what the way that teacher other teachers and the school is hypocritical you know and i'm not i don't disabuse them of that i'm just like okay well i hear you i try to maintain a somewhat uh, professional distance but i you know i'm like sure yeah i know that like when i was growing up and i had teachers that i was able to have them understand where I'm coming from as someone who still has ADD, me, mm-hmm. but I'm an adult now and yeah. I can manage it. But you know, yeah, when I'm younger same. and it's like, yeah, so you get it. Like having a teacher who at least gets you enough and isn't frustrated with you, who at least, you know, give you the tools that you need to get to the next step without feeling frustrated and feeling behind. Cause I always felt like always so behind. Yeah, me too. Those teachers that did that were the teachers that made me decide that I wanted to teach you know that's Mm -hmm. why I I had some great teachers who I was like I want to do that I want to be that one teacher who's there for for a student during their day my favorite Uh, teachers were the ones who in one way or another promoted civil disobedience mm -hmm. because they would see us complaining just like your students are and like to a certain extent they could agree with their students Mm -hmm. but they couldn't necessarily do anything about it but what they could do was without being so direct they would basically tell us to like do a sit-in or a walkout Mm -hmm. or or some other action and I don't know I just love a good revolution yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, re- revolution here, uh, revolving around uh, going back to Race to the Bottom for a quick sec. Um, mm-hmm. What brought you into doing the show? And uh, I know that sadness is a big theme in your mm-hmm. show. Has that always been the case, even when you were over in North Carolina? Um, let's see. Well, I did. I started March Sadness last year, kind of as a joke. And last year, I I did March Sadness. Just um, the idea was that my sad memories were going to compete in a bracket style, you know, NCAA style tournament. Um, I literally just got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> and this year, I you know because the show has more listeners now and everything, I stepped out of it. I'm just. And I got, um, you know, 16 memories from from 16 different listeners and put them into a bracket and, and had different judges uh, judge them for entertainment value, sadness, whatever criteria yeah. they wanted. But I know yeah. that uh, four different uh, uh, memories that are going on uh, mm-hmm. in the final four. Uh, do you, what are the final four uh, for this year's March Sadness? Yeah, so the final four is... Um, a listener told about a maple tree that was in her backyard that um, her next door neighbor, who's this um, kind of rich jerk cut down. Um, I guess it was on his property, but she loved this maple tree and she's been in, in this house for 20 years and the Carolina rent, she's in North Carolina and the, the wrens used to live in the tree and the guy wanted to cut it down to make a parking spot. And so she just looks at, at the street light that now now shines through and it's just filled with the futility of humanity and how horrible we are. That 
went up against um, a story called Dumped Over Nausea, where this listener was in kind of the friend zone with this girl in college and decided to kind of ask her out uh, to take things to a romantic level. And she kind of tentatively agreed. And then the next day she came and told them that the idea of them being together made her want to throw up all day. (laughs) And then she left and things were very awkward around campus. Uh, My vote goes to that one. I think there, I I mean, it would be an upset for me. Beat the the, the nausea for breakup of uh, going out. What about you, Rachel? Well, well, here's my thing, is hearing that maple tree story makes me feel even more guilty in Animal Crossing every time. (laughs) Oh, Oh, what are you doing Mm. at Animal Crossing? What what NIMBY type shit are you pulling? (laughs) Oh, don't even go there. I got to play it. Everybody's talking about Animal Crossing. I got to play this thing. Yeah, you I should. haven't at you all. Should. Yeah. I, I've, I've been playing Animal Crossing literally since I was four years old. I highly recommend it. The new one that came out, I have some frustrations with it. However, mm-hmm. I love it and I will love it forever. Go, do, go play do you it. have to have it on a console or could I play it on my computer or iPad it's, or something? It's on Switch. Um, okay. However, there is, an app, there is an Animal Crossing app that was released a few years ago. I have the app. I only ever opened it like twice. It's called mm-hmm. Pocket Camp. I can't speak to its quality, but I know that my friends have played it to death. Okay. In, in between new Animal Crossing games. Maybe I'll try that one because I don't have a, 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 a console. But No, neither do I. I have to borrow yeah. my friend's con- uh, borrow my friend. Like here, friend, come over. I need yeah. to borrow you so I can borrow your video game console. Um, what were the we other ten? Exactly. What was the other two that you had? The other that? two are uh, yeah. pa- passed out parakeet, where uh, a listener, when she was little, brought her uh, parakeet into the bath with her in the steam and kind of the the you know the the rushing water the the parakeet passed out and she thought the parakeet had died and uh cried and cried Um, this is my favorite and that's uh going up against a pizza quote-unquote delivery where these guys were going is this a start to a porno (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like it it was new year's and they were uh before they went out to like party or whatever they wanted to go to their favorite pizza place they went but it was closed on the way back home they were t-boned by a pizza delivery driver and it totaled their car and they didn't even get the pizza from the guy so wow yeah that's that, that's gonna be a tough matchup I, yeah I, I, parakeet I, I, yeah, the parakeet's like a, a decent one seed, and the pizza's a two seed. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is like an all-star matchup. They're Whoever, all really good. They're all really, really good. Yeah. We want to get this started because there's a lot uh, to uncover here. Mm-hmm. You've got tracks. You provided to us tracks. Going back to middle school, uh, right? No, not middle school. Yeah. High school. Well, yeah, tracks. but I did... St- so this band, the, the recordings that you have are with my band Equally Blue. We found the, the name Equally Blue by opening up a dictionary and randomly selecting Equally and yeah. then flipping again and then Blue. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Um, we, we started this band in fifth grade um, and Whoa. it was basically the same members and... Um, and we started playing shows when I was in middle school um, at 
clubs were in like a battle of the bands and and we won this battle of the bands and uh we played out um in uh, around norfolk and virginia beach a, a good bit uh when nice. we were young like our parents would drive us to our gigs you were playing what instrument i was the singer and i ended up playing bass because nobody else wanted to <laughs> learning how to play bass as a kid Mm-hmm. Were you learning to play guitar first, and then you just sort yeah. of organically? Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you I were learning. I've like heard this story before. Yeah. Yeah. No, we had a guest uh, only just uh, last last weekend. week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, but, but tell us, uh, playing bass uh, it meant that you were learning how to play guitar from a really young age, or what? Did you pick up the bass pretty quickly after you started learning how to play guitar? Yeah, I started playing guitar when I was like ten, and then yeah. I guess I moved to bass in the band when I was however old you are in seventh grade, 12 or 13. Yeah. But I kept, continued to play guitar and to write songs and played piano also. So. Well, let's take a listen. Uh, Rachel's got these queued up for us. Uh, the mm-hmm. first track we're going to be hearing is Squirrel Song. Anything we mm-hmm. need to know? Not, neither, neither of us have heard these songs. So mm-hmm. as is the tradition of Lost and Rewound, the majority of people uh, sitting around, in this case, uh, a screen, have not heard uh, their yeah. submissions uh, for the freshest years. Ooh, the freshest, the freshest <laughs> years of corn. Corn. There, there's a pun in here somewhere, I don't know. But, uh, but no, we haven't heard either of this. So is there anything we need to know before we hear it? Um, so this is Equally Blue. It's somewhat jam band influenced. Um, I'm uh, singing and... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say, but I'm sure stuff will come up as we listen. And how old were you in this one? Um, 16 or 17. Okay. All right.
space I can't escape So I must wait And contemplate Fate As you might imagine. Yes. As you might imagine. Lighten us. I would have to say (laughs) (laughs) that that song was. (laughs) John has no idea. He has has no idea what you're about to say. We're only laughing to each other right now. It was absolutely (laughs) Cleveland. The build-up was great. Um, yeah. I would agree with her. Uh, it was. Uh, it, it made me feel like I was stepping on hot coals and dancing like Michael Flattery, right? Isn't that <laughs> from Lord of the Dance? Uh, I was damn, you were real Sonic Adventure Two battle vibes. From oh wow! Right? You were yeah. in high school when you guys made this. Damn. Yeah, I. I was definitely. It felt as listening to it right now. We were very ambitious. I, yeah. I definitely yeah. could have deal with a little bit of editing. It has a very jazz vibes to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was re- I was super into jazz. I was kind of dragging my band along to try to be more jazzy. An interesting thing to know about this um, that I didn't mention: you can hear it's electric guitar and then uh, violin. Uh, electric violin was playing along. My friend Tim, who I was in the band with from fifth grade, playing guitar, and then his girlfriend, Chelsea, playing electric violin. And they were a couple during the the time of the band, which got to be really difficult because they were inseparable and kind of like spoke this secret language to each other. And they would um, pick me up to go my we would practice at my drummer's house and he lived like an hour away and they would always be an hour or two late to come pick me up um, it was very discouraging for me to be in this group because I worked all the time on the music and everyone else was kind of very talented but very kind of lackadaisical about it and had a lot of other things going on I feel that um, would you associate this track with the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel? I I could see that. I mean, (laughs) it takes about as long as the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. That's true. That is true. So what you're saying is you wouldn't hold your breath during this song? No, definitely not. At Radio Free Brooklyn, we always welcome new neighbors. Dashi, a new American restaurant and cafe specializing in Japanese and Asian comfort foods, has just opened at 119 Ingram Street, only a few blocks away from the Morganelle stop. They've got great dishes, noodles, rice dishes, small plates, and salads. If you want a hamburger or BLT, hey, they've got that too. They're open every day, most days from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., and you could order online from Grubhub, Postmates, or DoorDash. Check them out at dashibrooklyn.com. That's D-A-S-H-I brooklyn.com. Or stop by Dashi and welcome them to the hood. Tell them RFB sent you. We're here this week with John Reed from Race to the Bottom, which is another Radio Free Brooklyn show. So stable mate, 
John Reed, who uh, is uh, been kind enough to contribute his time. We just heard uh, some high school jam bandery. Tell us about Camel. Camel is like a parable song that I wrote. I had really bad acne, and I was obsessed with the idea of like where Greece comes from. And so this <laughs> this is kind of an exploration of like where sebum. Um, yeah, <laughs> where where uh, the origins of of Greece are. Um, mm. are I'm gonna you know. I'm gonna finish my tea while listening to a song about origins of acne. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Ninety-six or ninety-seven. What were you listening to? What was in John Reed's CD player? Well, it was funny. In the guitarist and violinist CD player was all or tape player was all Fish bootlegs. I was not as much of a Fish fan as they were. I was listening to jazz and hip hop almost exclusively. Interesting. Jazz and hip hop. Uh, what was your uh, like what was what album was new then? That '96 was like uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life by a Trap Called Quest, maybe. Or exactly, like... you you guessed okay. it. I had Beats, Rhymes, and Life in my cassette player on awesome. loop, driving That's around. Yeah, That's you know what okay. I had in my cassette player around that year was that? was the Rugrats movie. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> was, 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 weren't you born in that year, Rachel? In uh, 97, yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Cool. I was about to say, if you were like, if your mom was like, had this on the, on the sonogram and like was playing <laughs> Rugrats. That, like, oh, no, 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 no. If my mom was like doing that like baby blues headphones on the stomach thing, it, it would have been like the Beatles and like Richard Marks. Nice. <laughs> Why camels? 
Um, I guess because I was searching for like an animal that could be related to greasiness. I, although I don't know if a camel is greasiness, but it or greasy, but it it seemed like that would be and, <laughs> a and so the, animal. Yeah, and so the camel has an argument with a house. Very weird. It's but, very Roly Poly Oly esque. Yeah. The, the house and the camel have an argument about the origin of Greece, and the house thinks that Greece is a nuisance, but the camel thinks Greece is eternal, and they... Uh, oh, like Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. Greece has always been the word. I don't understand. Yeah. No, no, no. Not a fan. <laughs> so then, and, but then they, they discover that the house has Greece under the floor, and so the magic camel wins the war. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Have you ever met a camel? I've seen one in the zoo, but I haven't. You've never, you've never met one in person? No. I have. I, I've yeah. ridden a camel. Yeah? I've ridden a camel as well, yeah. But that, hey, that's nice. just that privilege of being able to go to Israel. Oh, yeah. There you go. For the Philadelphia so. Zoo. Okay. Wait, what? You rode a camel yeah. at the Philadelphia Zoo? Yeah, on the on our eighth grade trip to the Philadelphia Zoo, I rode <laughs> a camel with this dude Zach. Nice, cutie. I and heard then, they can and be. Then, and then later on in Israel, I did it again. We're gonna dive into some more of the sounds of old. Uh, this stuff going more to into your twenties. Uh, you went to college in Nashville too. Where'd you go to? College? I went to college, yeah, in in the Asheville area at a uh, college called Warren Wilson. It's a small liberal arts school um, in Swannanoa, North Carolina. What brought you to decide you were going to make rap music? Um, I just loved, I, I loved rap. I've loved rap since I was eight or nine years old. Uh, what was so the first rap you remember hearing? The first record that I ever bought was the, uh, the Fat Boys so my friends, we would always like uh, beatbox and try to freestyle with each other. Found a, a decent uh, community of like-minded rap aficionados in Asheville, North Carolina. What's the scene like? I have no idea. North Carolina rap scene, like it begins and ends for me with Little Brother and the uh-huh. entire Justice League. But that's about well, it. Don't don't yeah. forget that Asheville is a little bit different than most of the rest of the state yeah. as well. It's much more liberal and arguably more urban than most of the state. Yeah, I mean, it was just a bunch of kids who just same same as me, like mostly white kids, but uh, we had black friends too. But it, you know, we just loved rap and would would uh, were obsessed with it. Wu Tang and most F and Talib Kweli and I I just I listened to it all the time and and you know got to where I would rap along with things and then wrote my own raps and stuff and we would make little records. This uh, first track of the rap variety we are about to hear uh, is called Clean Sheets. It's basically like a list of um, just things that kind of make make me happy. I listened to this for a second the other day before I sent it to you. I don't know the best way to say this, but I feel like I'm like doing a black voice. And if I did rap now, I would try to just rap without doing that. And that kind of bothered me a little bit when I heard this, that I was affecting like a voice. But otherwise, I, I like the track. Play it, the whole thing. Yo, 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 hey. clean sheets. 
Yo. 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 Light a candle. Flip the match. Hit the latch. Spin tracks. When the wax. Fill the room. Light it up and feel the boom. Speakers bubble, yo. In the back. Clean sheets. Dirty facts. Filthy rats. Full packs. Pull the sacks. Fall back. All that. In the pool. At the bar. Playing pool. Who the fool? For the funk. Bass line. Bass drum. Stay sunk. In the seat. Hat low. Freak the beat. When the wax. Fill the room. Light it up and feel the boom. Fill the moon. With the night. Bass glow. Time bright. Speakers bubble yo. In the back. Clean sheets. Dirty tracks. Spit sacks. Like train. All the time. All the same. Who the fool. For the funk. Bass line. Bass drunk. When the wax. Fill the room. Light it up and feel the boom. When the sadness comes to play. Don't run yo. Try to stay. Waste some. In the seat. Hat low. Freak the beat. On that. All night. Don't go. Don't fight. Y'all know. Time's right. No time. Limelight. All that. In the club. In the car. In the tub. Who the fool. For the funk. Bass line and bass drunk. Stay sunk. In the seat and hat low and freak the beat. When the wax. Fill the room. Light it up and feel the boom. Light a candle. Flip the match. Hit the latch. Spin the tracks. When the sadness comes to play, don't run. Try to stay on that all night. Don't go. Don't fight. Y'all know time's right. No time. Low light. Low light. Low light. Low light. Yeah. Low light. Uh. 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 Damn, that beat was fresh. <laughs> oh, and that DJ, I don't know how, this is one of these kind of lost and rewound things. I don't know that, I know that I had this CD of instrumental tracks by this DJ, Travis Fingers, and I... <laughs> Sorry. Travis Fingers, and I don't know, I haven't looked it up, but I don't know who that was or how yeah. I got that uh, CD, but I loved his beats, and that was that was uh, one of my favorite ones. So I, I just That just sounds like a proxy, you know, by, by default of being in Nashville, North Carolina, you're bound to know a DJ named Travis Fingers. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it. That sounds I, like I, a very, like, Durham... Yeah. Your own thing. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Wait, okay. Uh, that was incredible. I love that. And the beat. Thank you. I mean, it sounded very familiar. Like, I, I'm a mm-hmm. beat head. So, like, every time yeah. I hear a beat that sounds familiar, I'm like, oh, shit, what's that sample? But yeah. <laughs> I couldn't really make it out at all. It yeah. sounded like it, I wanted to do pure imagination from Charlie and the Oh, no, 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 kidding. Clean sheets. I, li- I live for a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory reference. Yeah. <laughs> I live for it. That was received well, I imagine, because it's fresh and uh, like clean sheets. Yeah, yeah. 
Did you uh, ship that at any of your uh, raps uh, for friends to play on the air? Or was that, is this sort of like, were you doing like more like bedroom producing type stuff? Bedroom stuff. I remember I played this for a friend in uh, New York, this, this girl, Cami, and she heard it and said, I have to tell you, John, that is whack. <laughs> so not everybody met this with such excitement. Is that also applied for uh, the next song? Uh, which what's the t- what's the title, Rachel? Sorry, I don't have it in front of me. This goes out. This goes out. Yes, I knew it was like it sounded like something that w- was like a part of a, a rap song. This goes yeah. out to exactly, and that's basically what I do. It's uh, the whole song is this goes out to. Um, yeah, this I did for my friends. I um, this was a very famous song for like four or five people. Uh, wow. Who, okay. Who I shout out in the song. I think I did this right when George Bush announced that we are going into Iraq. I had just gotten back from marching in D.C. against the war with my dad. And we got home and we walked in and Bush was on TV saying we were going to Iraq. And I couldn't watch it. And I went downstairs into the bedroom. I was at my sister's house, but I had my recording stuff with me for some reason. And I made this song. Would you ever consider making a sequel track called Disco's In? Oh, yeah, yes. I would consider that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, please consider that. In I'll meantime, consider it. Let's, let, let, let's uh, check out This Goes Out. This is just Jar, so you know who I are. One voice and one guitar. This goes out to all my people in the South. Singing their songs to put their food to the mouth. This goes out to all my Jimi Hendrix cats. Singing spiritual songs so we can know where you're at. This goes out to all the people on the microphone. Doing it live so we feel that we're not alone. This goes out to all my people, keep it real. Putting words in front of one another so we know how you feel. This goes out to all my people, get alive, get alive, get alive, get alive. This goes out to all my people misled by the things that other people might have done or said. This goes out to all my people in distress, feeling like they want to change but feeling powerless. This goes out to all my people on the news, calling it news but that term's been misused. This goes out to all my people want to change but when they look around and everybody else want to stay the same. This goes out to all my people, get it live, get it live, get it live, get it live, get it live with it. This goes out my people, get it live, get it live, get it live. This goes out to my people, get it live, get it live with it. Yo, I grab the mic so you know who I be, Jari. I rip the mic so delicately so you know who I be, just like you and me. I wanna see freedom ring from sea to shine and sea and outside this country. I don't care if you talk different than me, as long as you have love in your H E A R T or to call a song or song cool. Yo, I'm kicking it right out of Adamore. For all my people wanna keep it, stay real, stay real, stay real. Yo, this is how I feel. This this goes out to my man H U E, spreading his love throughout the galaxy. This goes out to my man G Frost, doing what he got to do, whatever the cost. This goes out to my man Jakey Frankie, stepping through the mic, sweet like hanky panky. This goes out to Dora Mi Gente, sharing your love and then doing it different. This goes out to all of my people, sharing your 
your love even when you, you feel fever. This goes out to tout le monde, tous les filles, tous les garçons. This goes out to everybody. I hope the monster don't ruin the party. This goes out to other people. Keep it live, give it live, give it live, give it live. This goes out to other people. Get alive, get alive, get alive, get alive. totally different vibe than the first track you played it just felt more yeah. natural mm-hmm. yeah and it's me I'm, I'm just playing acoustic guitar and stuff so i love it and yeah not much has changed really no the one thing that is different from that song till now i kind of take a jab at the news media in that song to where now i wouldn't do that because i feel like a, a lot of times they're one of the few people that are, you know, not all, but a lot of them are doing uh, good work to try to fight against authoritarianism. But, you it's know- fucking It's fucking hard. Yeah. It's, yes. it's so hard. Like, like as much yeah. as we try to make change and we lobby to our representatives, it mm-hmm. all comes down to the same five to 10 key people and groups with billions of dollars yeah and the change that we try to make is almost futile almost Mm -hmm. since the time that you wrote that it only seems to be getting worse yeah when things feel that futile that i mean i know why i went and just made that song like Mm -hmm. that's the making art and using my voice to do radio or or it seems like the only thing that i i have some bit of control over uh, on the way out we're gonna play sanguine and uh your way of resisting was through music you made music mm-hmm. even throughout going further uh into your 20s right this was an unreleased track that no one has heard yeah i was i think i was 32 when this i did this and this was like this is go. more of a, a studio thing and this is for an album that i made and the album was called blood of the summer but the song blood of the summer well oh because this sanguine but i sing blood of the summer in this this is where the song get or the album got its title but we just felt like this wasn't up to the level of the rest of the songs uh so it never saw the light of day you could hear john reed's show here on radio free brooklyn every saturday from 10 to 11 a.m check out race to the bottoms previous episodes radio free brooklyn.org slash rtb uh John, thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining us on this hour of Lost and Rebound and for sharing your stories of pizza and politics and all the music that you made uh, from so, so long ago. You're welcome. This, is, this has been great. I really love this show. Thank you so much for being a guest thank here. Thank you. Uh, yes. And thank you, Rachel, as always, for uh, providing the, the flame. Oh, yeah. All these tracks, absolutely flaming. <laughs>
Our thanks again to John Reed. Both of our shows make up a boatload of programs here on RFB, all of whose futures are hanging in the very balance right now. The current state of affairs, of course, notwithstanding. Uh, the Drive to Five fundraising campaign is still currently underway. We are turning five years old next month, and we are not even halfway there to the goal we need to continue bringing you commercial, free, independent radio for another five years. So only so much time left, and we're really scrambling, y'all. If you'd like to make a small monthly donation to help us reach our goal, the easiest way to give is to text RFBGIVE5, the number 5, to 44321, and you can make a pledge right on your phone. We also have some great gifts for giving available at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash drive25. In the meantime, stay safe, stay clean, stay healthy, and make sure all of your loved ones are doing the same. Come back and check us out next week for another brand new edition of Lost and Rewound right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm Alon. Bye-bye. Wait, no, no. Just tell me again. How, how flaming was it? Absolutely. Absolutely. More than totally. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking stupid.